It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds! Go Birds! Hey, hello. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks. James Seltzer with you. Elliot, up in beautiful Florham Park, New York today. How you doing, pal? Doing good. It's it's funny. I was thinking I'd start the pod being like, yeah, I'm up here in New Jersey as if like I'm all the way up in, you know, like Vermont <laughs> or like I'm on the West Coast. Like the majority of our listeners probably live in Jersey yes. and are like, you're not really on a road trip, Elliot. But it is my first road trip of the season. I am in a hotel. Ooh. I am the worst at booking hotels. Yeah. So, uh, so not the, not the best hotel. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not going to name like I'm not going to get into the names of the hotels. Yes, I'm just, we, we I'm won't not bury good a at business. Hotels. Yes. Yeah. I'm just. It's not my strength. Like whenever we travel, Kristen books. I feel like whenever I book a hotel, I'm always like, oh, I'll just go for that one because it's a little bit cheaper. And then I get there and I'm like, well, now I know why it's a little bit cheaper. So. <laughs> But it, it's all good. I won't be spending most of my time in here. I'll be out at Florham Park, which, by the way, the Jets facility, considerably nicer than the Eagles facility. Really? It is. I mean, they have four full fields, pretty much. They have an indoor bubble. Uh, I mean, the Novacare has been around for a while now, which is weird because you think about it as kind of new. But I think it's almost 20 years now or just over 20 yeah, years. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Definitely a bit nicer uh, up here in Jersey. Wow. So the Eagles need a new facility. Is that the uh, the takeaway? They definitely need. Do you, a new do you facility. think we're losing I mean, out on free agents because people go to New York and are like, "Oh, look at this." <laughs> well, so I was thinking about that as I was going up to the facility, which is like, what I always often think about if I were drafted, which teams I would not want to get drafted by. Like the Green Bay Packers, obviously a historic franchise. Do I want to live in Green Bay? No. Like Cincinnati Bengals are number one on my list of teams I would not want to get drafted by. And I think if you got drafted by the Jets in your head, you would say, oh, my God, I'm going to go live in New York, which I think is a little overrated anyway. But that would be your first thought. But it's not that close to New York. It's like, I mean, probably on a 40 minutes, 45 minute drive with traffic. So it's really they should really be the New Jersey Jets. Like, I don't get why they're the New York Jets. Yeah, I think that's a uh, something we've we've talked about for a long time. I mean, they're not New York. Very clearly. Well, I don't think me and you've ever talked about no, it. No, I mean the general, the royal we, as it were, Elliot. Right. It, 
We're not the first not person new, to say, new hey, did you know the Jets that. don't even play in New York? Like, not the first right. to have that conversation. Yes. It's not an original take, I no, guess. Is what you're no, but I like it. I mean, especially the Jets, right? I mean, they just scream New Jersey, personally, is the way I look at it. Well, let, let me ask you before we get into yes. this. Yes. What teams, if you were drafted in the NFL, which teams would you not want to it's go an, to? It's an outstanding question. And obviously, it is cyclical. Uh, at least for most teams, you know, if, if a team's really good at a particular... Like right now, like the Browns, a perfect example of someone where if we had done this five years ago, we would have... Browns might have been number one on our list, and now it seems like things are, are better there, and, and they might not be quite as low, though Cleveland, you know, I don't know if I'd want to live in Cleveland. Yeah, still not, still um, not high That's why list. I think the Bengals are a great one, because they are the perfect, you know, combination of I don't want to live in Cincinnati. Sorry, Ike Reese, nothing personal. I love Chile. I don't want to live in Cincinnati. Uh, and the fact that the Bengals are the Bengals. So I, I think that's a perfect one. The Jacksonville Jaguars stick out to me for, for similar reasons. I mean, at least it's warm there. Oh, dude, have you been to Jacksonville? Yeah, I was there, yeah. I think, twice now you don't for wanna, Jaguars games. No offense to any listeners we have in Jacksonville. I don't want to live in Jacksonville, personally. That Honestly, let's put but it this way. But I would way. rather okay, live no, there because it's warm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd rather live in Cincinnati than There's Jacksonville. There's a beach. Yeah, Cincinnati's oh, a city, at least. Ever had on I, I'm not, see, we, we, I'm not a beach guy. I'm, we've talked about that. I'm not really a warm weather guy. Like, I would prefer, if I had to choose, I'd rather be really cold than really hot. Like, if I had to choose between those two. And I'm not a, oh, it's so nice out. I want to go do things outside guy. Not me. So, like, that doesn't appeal to me. I'd rather be in a city like Cincinnati where there's culture and stuff like that personally. Okay. Well, I don't want to rip into Cincinnati too much. I just think that's <laughs> I just, I just, I just gave Cincinnati a, a, bunch of, a bunch of love right there. I think it's a great take. Jacksonville is horrible and just not my people. I mean, does Cincinnati not have a my lot of people. culture? Are they known more for their culture More than Jacksonville, Elliot. More than Jacksonville, yes. I would say more than Jacksonville. I feel I feel pretty confident right. about that. I can't wait till all the all right. emails Bottom and line is, tweets are going to get. Have you ever Jets. seen the theater in Jacksonville? It's one of the great stage <laughs> cities in the, in the country. The museums yeah, are amazing. Hopefully no listeners. Look, if you're a Go Birds I listener apologize. living there, we yeah. love you regardless. Yes. So it doesn't matter. Like, I, I think the organization-wise, the bills are good. But, like, living in Buffalo, not my cup of tea. That sounds tough. <laughs> sounds True, like although you just said you preferred the cold. I do. I do. I'm just going through the list here. I, I would take Buffalo over Jacksonville, to reiterate my last point, if you want me to stick to that, because I would. Um, okay. I'm just going through the list. Like, uh you know, the Detroit Lions. I don't think I want to play for Detroit. That sounds horrible. No. Yeah. So anyway, that would that would probably be Minnesota. the one. Minnesota. Minnesota's actually yeah, a, yeah. an okay city. Okay, Minnie? Yeah. yeah. Minneapolis is nice. St. Paul's nice. I'm good with yeah, that. Yeah, agreed. Okay. I think we've uh, we've narrowed it down. This is the importance. Are we done? Is that the pod? Yeah, that's it. We'll be back <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. You're up in, in Florham Park as uh, the topic of conversation. Uh, set the scene. What was it like up at Eagles Jets practice today? It felt a lot like the Eagles Patriots practice in the way they were held individuals to start receivers versus cornerbacks, offensive line versus defensive line. No seven on seven today, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. So it was all 11 on 11 once they got into that portion of it. Um, and again, at the end of practice, they had the really intense 11 on 11 starters versus starters full field they even had refs today so it felt a lot like a game obviously they weren't sacking the quarterbacks which we'll get into but it's probably good for zach wilson's health because the eagles defensive line was was dominant but very intense uh very hot out there today they went for almost two hours 
And uh, you know, I won't I'll, I won't save my um, overall analysis till the end. I'll tell you right now, the Eagles won again. And I know everyone's you know going to say, oh, you're just so positive about the team. Like I don't know what to tell people. They've won. They 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 were better than the Patriots in the two days they did joint practice with them, and they're better than the Jets today. We'll see if it happens tomorrow. But once again, I thought the Eagles outplayed their opponent in the joint practice. Okay, so this is a nice lead-in because I was going to rip you about one thing, and now I got two things. Let me start with what I just heard. You all right? You sound tired, buddy. You sound like you don't have as much juice as you normally do for these joint practices. Are you you beating down a little? You know, honestly, I, I can hear like it. I can hear a, it. There's not that usual bounce that I usually get from you. Well, but here, well, let me tell you. Yes. I'm getting a little tired of people being like, oh, you're just too positive about the team. So I'm trying to, like, subdue myself because I do think they look really good today. Like, I do. I don't know. Like, But, like, I'm sick of people being like, oh, all you do is compliment them now. Like, I don't know what people want me to say. The defense dominated today. The offense went down the field on a 75-yard touchdown drive. Like, I, like I'm trying to come up with things and not be like, oh, it's just a practice, like, whatever. But it is what it is. Like, every time I've watched them in a joint practice, they've looked really good. But people are mad at me for being too positive. So I guess I'll try to chill a little bit. Okay. Well, then let me rip you about the uh, the tweet, that you, we'll the, the tweet that you put out. Uh, Eagles won the day versus Jets. Now 3-0 and in joint practices. I mean, dude. <laughs> Come on. Well, what do you, what, what, like, yeah, like, what, what, what should I put? Like, tell me what you would have tweeted. I would have not put a, a win loss total to joint practices. Like, they're joint well, practices. Well, they are. No, three and oh. No. They've had three joint practices and they've won them all. It's like, ridiculous. Just, like, should I lie? Should no, I lie? No, but there's no winners. There, there's only losers in this situation. <laughs> We're talking about it like that. But that's I mean, not true. It's like, practice. All, it's practice. Our, okay. Our entire job, the entire point of this pod is to talk about the practice today, right? Literally, <laughs> yes. me and you are yes. spending an hour of our life. The people listening are going to be spending an hour of their life listening to us talk about the practice. But I'm not allowed to say who the better team was. <laughs> no, you're allowed to say I think the Eagles were better. You can't say they're so they won today. Oh, man. Oh. Are they not? I mean, look, like I know not everyone got to see the practices, but like they were better than the Patriots. The Patriots writer said that, right? Today I talked to Jets writers. The Jets writer said the Eagles were better. I have no idea if it's going to translate into the regular season or not, but I don't get what people want. Like I think that people are so skeptical of the team, and this comes back to what we talked about on our show of Saturday, on um Friday and Saturday, about how people don't trust the Eagles right now, which I understand they were bad last year. But, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know what, I, I don't know what people want me to report back other than the truth, which is that they've looked really good in these joint practices. Yeah, look, I get it. And I'm not ripping you for, for reporting what you see. That's what you have to do and all that. And look, we battled about the team and how good they're going to be. We just disagree on it. Uh, like, and, and we will continue to, and one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong. And, and that's how that's going to play out. But I, I do understand that I, I don't think you should let people make you feel bad about saying what you see. That's for <laughs> I'm sure. trying like, not to, dude, but it's like because I can hear you know. it. I can hear the consternation and the pain in your voice of trying to figure out what you're supposed to do here. Say what you see. I was just joking with you, obviously, about the no, three, the three know, and zero thing. True. It has like, nothing to do with what you're saying about the practices. It's the attaching the three and zero to it that just is. Well, so they different. are. There's been three joint practices, and they've won each day. Like, you know, I, yeah. I like it's just a fact. It's a fact. All right, I want to get to some specifics from today, kind of who stood out and all that, but just on a macro sense, because we talked about this a little over the weekend, and I want I want because we didn't really dive deep into why. 
like I kind of gave you gave you crap about the whole like well the you know they're winning the joint practices but then they get their doors blown off in the game and you know they're fair counter with you know more players are playing in the joint practice and all that but like explain to the listeners why it matters because I do you know for for the people who aren't there watching the joint practices it's very easy for us to say hey man they lost thirty five to nothing. Like, and I know it's not every player playing, but there are guys who are going to be part of the team, guys who are going to play, who got right. their their asses beaten on on TV in front of me. And then the same thing for the the second half of the Steelers game and so on and so forth. And these are players who, again, some won't matter, some won't make the team, but some will, and some will matter. Like, explain to the listener who's not there at the joint practices why you believe it does matter. Okay, I'll explain why I believe it, but let's put my opinion to aside for uh, aside for a second. It's clear that teams around the league believe it as well, right? Because I would say almost every team in the NFL now holds some version of joint practice. Some holds two of them. Some some teams hold them twice in, in, in training camp. Almost no teams play their starters an extended amount of time in the regular season. I know some teams do for sure, right? Like the Chiefs do it. I think the Jets actually, Zach Wilson played a half, if I'm not mistaken. So teams do play their starters in some preseasons, preseason games, but ultimately teams are telling you that they value these joint practices more. And the reason they value them more is because they can spend a whole session working on red zone. In a tri- in a preseason game, you can't control how many times you're in the red zone, really. Like, I know your offense, obviously, if you go down the field, you get in the red zone. But you can't run multiple red zone plays in a row whenever you want. You can't run multiple third down plays in a row whenever you want. You can't put your actual offense on film. Nick Sirianni talked about this, which is, when he goes against the Patriots and the Jets, and it was a little funny talking about the Patriots being a trustworthy organization, but regardless, he was saying that when you go against those those teams, you're only showing tape to the Jets and the Patriots and no other team seeing it. When you play a preseason game, Every team sees it. Every team has access to it. So the plays they run in the preseason are not even like plays they're going to run during a regular season game. So really, the only benefit of the preseason game is it's live tackling. Outside of that, they're not running the plays they're going to run in the regular season. They're not getting work at situational football. And they're not even playing the guys that are going to play. So, you know... I just I think that we just have to shift our viewpoints. Like this is the way it's going. They went from four preseason games to three preseason games. They'll probably ultimately go down to two preseason games, and there'll be just as many joint practices as there are games. So it's just the way the league is trending. Yeah, look, I think that's a fair argument, and I do think that's the way the league is trending for better or worse. I think, as we've talked about, I mean, if if what we've seen as the preseason for the most part, other than a few teams that are playing their guys is the future of the preseason, then they just shouldn't have it. You know, it's, it's a joke. Like what? Yeah. What? I so, agree with you. Yeah. So, so I think it's a fair point. Um, I, you know, I, it's hard to know what we can take away from these joint practices. I do think we're going, not we, Nick Sirianni and the Eagles are going a little overboard with the hiding everything. Like I know that's an advantage and it will matter, but it'll matter for one week. It'll only matter for the Falcons. And that's cool. Like I want to win that game. I do think you take every advantage you can get, but I do think the whole, like we're keeping it tight. No one's going to know what we're doing. It's like, all right, we get it like enough already. Like I I think that, you know, we're talking about keeping it tight one half into a game and and everyone knows what you're doing, you know? So I I think that that's maybe a little overblown or a little overrated, but I, I agree with the general premise that you're putting out there. And I do think these joint practices do have value. I don't mean to completely take away from them. I just, you know, when they're not tackling, when they're not playing real football in these in these practices, I just don't know how much it translates. I think but it's it gonna... is. Yeah, I don't know if you want to get into this debate again. Like it is real football. Sure, like, to I understand a point. Not tackling, to a po- but, it, but it, look, yeah. Richie talked about it in the air today too, and he's like, "Look, I I understand how competitive these practices can be, but 
But I will tell you, as a football player, like it's practice. Like I know that that they're they're more competitive than a normal practice, but it's still practice. Like you just don't have the same. It's just different. Like you don't have the same energy, the same excitement that you have for games. Like it is, you can't recreate it on a practice field. You're in a stadium with people there. Like he's he's like it's different. Like I'm sorry, I'll just it is yeah. what it is. There's differences for sure. I'm not disputing that. I just think <laughs> I, it's just it's it's way more closer to a game than I think a lot of people like than you know like and you've been down to practice you've seen them but like then a lot more people realize like it is not like a walkthrough it is an intense day of work all right let's get into some specifics from today let's start with hurts how did hurts look against the jets well one more quick thing there's no denying that if the team's bad this year my three and oh in joint practice tweet is going <laughs> yeah, to be well, just I, I ridicule res- i respect you for putting it out there because you're really that's it that's a tweet and you know it as you just said like that's one that you put out there knowing the blowback in in a couple months could be severe, like severe. Yeah, like yeah, so. you 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 probably know this better than me. It's very rare that I have a, a tweet that people go back and dig up and then like retweet at a time when something happens. I'm guessing that happens to you right. more than me. The Noah Vonley one, I'm sure, yeah. has been. One I that think that's fair, a fair and we by you. and we yeah. as as members of team don't delete. Like we don't delete our tweets. We right, put we out don't there delete and, exactly, and we leave it out there. Um, did you, when you put the three and out, like, did you think about like, oh, this could be one where I could have like, you know, one day I'm just looking at my phone and there's like 200 mentions and I hadn't tweeted all day kind of thing. So honestly I didn't at first. And then I saw it start to pick up traction. And then when you brought it up on the pod, that's when I knew like, okay, this is something <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on with Ike Reese and Marks later. I'm sure that they're going to ask me about it now. Like I, it's definitely going to be something that people are going to bring up, which is fine. I, you know, I'm at the practices. They're three and oh, I don't know what people want to hear. Like they're three and oh. Yeah, three and zero, <laughs> three and zero, three buddy. and zero. Here yes! we go. Right, everyone's account the preseason record so as if that matters. Well, so like, three and zero in joint practices. Three and zero in joint practices. Zero and two in the preseason. What will prove to matter more? Three and two overall. There it is. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right, hurts. Okay, so here's my Jalen hurts take from today. I as I look at the roster, I think. Like Jalen Hurts is obviously the key to the season because he's the quarterback. But I think if the team fails this year, like Jalen will be the reason why. As I look around, like the offensive line looks really good. The tight ends look good. The running backs have been good. The receivers have been good. The defense looks dominant. Jalen Hurts to me, and the receivers are, I guess, right there with Hurts. But like Jalen Hurts in the passing game have just been very up and down. And they haven't really been bad, but they just aren't as consistent as other parts of the roster. So today, I had Jalen Hurts down as 13 of 20 with two touchdowns. So on the surface, that seems good. I mean, it's probably, you know, I'm not great at math, but over 60%. Like, <laughs> it, right? I mean, right? Because 50% would be 10. So you figure, all right. Um, but the two touchdowns is good. But like seven incompletions in a training camp practice on 20 attempts is just a lot of incompletions. And he missed a few throws today that were just very much there to be made. Like the receiver got open, the the call, I guess if they're calling plays in the joint practice, like it was the right call against the defense and the play was there to be made and he just flat out missed them. So maybe it is because it's a practice, right? Like Richie said, you know, it's, it's not a game and maybe Jalen Hurts is a gamer, but he's he is still missing throws that he should make. Um, and then there's just also positive moments of it too. Like that's the weird part about watching Jalen Hurts in these practices is he does miss throws. And there was a, a portion of practice today where 
he seemed to be holding on to the ball too long and Nick Sirianni was letting him know that. So that is something he's doing. But then he ends the day on taking the team on a seven yard or a nine play 75 yard touchdown drive in, in like the most intense part of practice. And he ended it with a, a really, you know, a touchdown throw to Jalen Reger. So it's, he's just up and down. And as I look at other parts of the team, they're not as inconsistent as he is. Yeah. So that's, that's concerning, right? I mean, that's, because as we've talked about many times, you know, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni will decide how this season will go. You know, how good those two guys are, at least for this year, obviously for the future, Sirianni particularly, there's, there's uh, you know, questions to be answered, so to speak. But but for this season, I mean, it's, it's Hurts and Sirianni, and that's the difference between, you know, five wins and ten wins, like legitimately. Like, right. You know, seriously. So. Yeah, for real. Like if Jalen Hurts plays up to his potential, and we've had this discussion— like they're going to be a very good team. They are. Like any team could get injured, and I know their offensive line has been injured a little more. But if Jalen Hurts can give them top fifteen quarterback play, like they're winning the NFC East, barring the Cowboys being super good. But like if Jalen Hurts can give them top fifteen quarterback play, I don't see weaknesses on this roster as much as other people do. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. But like the offensive line looks good. The defense do- is is dominating. Like all these things look good. It's really just the only moments of practice where you're like, ooh, is like when Hurts misses wide open throws. That's it. And I get he's a second-year player, kind of basically a rookie. Like there are excuses for those misses, but it is it is the part of practice that sticks out, and it really stuck out today against the Jets. Yeah, and that's a concern. That's a concern. And look, I, I think that you know we have disagreements on the roster, and I think you're higher on the roster than most. I think I make a bigger deal about the the depth that the roster has than you do, and I, I still think that's going to matter. But I agree. Look, ultimately, if Jalen Hurts uh, top fifteen is strong, I think top if he's if he's top ten, top fifteen range. Yeah, you're probably right. They're going to be at least a real threat to win the division, and and I think that's the biggest question mark with this team in terms of the the swing from good to bad, as it should be. It's the most important position in the sport. Also, he needs to stay healthy, and and there are so many other factors. But um, all right, what what else? Who are some other things that are names mm-hmm. or, or things that stood out to you today? So one negative is Travis Fulgham is just not having a good training camp. He had a really bad drop today. Uh, The throw was right to him, hit him right between the numbers, just flat out dropped it. And he's really like starting to sink down the depth chart. When training camp started and they were missing people, which is probably part of it. But when training camp started, he was consistently running with the starters. If I'm not mistaken, he was out there for the first snap of the first preseason game or at least got work with the starters. Um, he's barely even playing with the stars anymore. He's almost always with the second team. He's the only receiver in camp that's consistently dropping passes. And when I look at their receiver depth chart, I'm starting to wonder if he might not just be like a flat out release. Cause Devante is going to make it. Obviously Jalen Rager is going to make it. Quez Watkins is going to make it. I think Greg Ward is probably going to make it, but I think Greg Ward and JJ Arcega Whiteside to this point have played considerably better than Travis Fulgham has. Like, JJ is not getting many reps with the starters either, but he's at least catching all the passes that are coming his way. He has two touchdowns. Fulgham hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, and he just looks like a better receiver than Fulgham does. So, you know, if, if you're going to pick between him and Fulgham, like, I think it's pretty clear cut. JJ was also a second round pick. You know, there's that whole like Howie debate about him keeping his players. So I think he would have the edge there. And then Ward is like Ward's tough because he does, he's not a big body receiver. He's not a super fast guy. He can't play on the outside. So like there are a lot of 
ways you ways you could look and say, all right, maybe he doesn't make the team, but he has the most catches of anybody, career catches of any receiver in the unit. And Jalen Hurts trusts him, and he is at least like somewhat dependable. Like I, I don't know if you know what you're going to get from JJ, or you know what you're going to get from Fulgham, you know what you're going to get from Greg Ward, and I think that's something they could use. But yeah, Fulgham, uh, Fulgham, I think could be in some trouble. Wow, that is really interesting. Uh, you know, I think as someone, especially when camp started, it didn't seem like he was struggling as much, and you know, I think for a lot of Eagles fans, I think looking at the receivers and the way it plays out, I think everyone's obviously excited about Devontae Smith. Everyone is excited about Quez Watkins, and we're all hoping with Jalen Rager. But I think there are a large portion of Eagles fans who have latched on to the the four-game stretch that Fulgham had last year. You know, as, as someone who actually, look, you can't say, I mean, that's the crazy thing is that the four-game stretch that Fulgham had is the best four-game stretch that any receivers on the roster have ever had, right? Like, like those four games yeah. from Fulgham is better than anything Rager's done in the NFL, better than anything Ward's done in the NFL, better than anything J.J. obviously has done in the NFL. And yet, so I think for that reason, because because fans have seen him do it in a game and seen that success on the big stage, that I think people have kind of leaned towards the, oh, Fulgham, like, he could be somebody. He'll probably get a shot. Like, he's going to be a part of this team. I think it's a really fascinating one to watch, Elliot. Like, that's going to be really fascinating to see how that plays out. I mean, honestly, like, John Hightower has outplayed him. Andre Patton, a receiver they picked up from the Chargers, like, he's outplayed him, and he plays special teams, which I don't think Fulgham can play. So, you know, I don't know if they'll cut him, but he he did not have a good day of practice, and he's not having a good training camp. Wow. That's a really interesting one. That one's going to be really interesting to watch. And even if it doesn't turn into him being cut, you know, not on the field more as, you know, all that type of stuff. So that's going to be a fascinating, fascinating one to watch. All right, I want to get some more camp takeaways. But as always, let me just remind everyone, you should be using the Park Sportsbook app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, what are you doing? Download it now. Hang out with us. Have some fun. Elliot, any soccer this weekend? I didn't really get much soccer in this past weekend. It was a busy weekend of like catching up with stuff because the Eagles weren't practicing. So I had to do all types of like around the house stuff. But uh, this upcoming weekend, I certainly will. Ooh, big one this weekend. All right. So on Thursday, we're going to do our Parks Picks pod. Elliot, I'm I'm speaking for him now, but I'm going to tell you that by Thursday, Elliot's going to have some soccer picks for you. He'll have them ready. Oh, he's going to without type- question. Okay. So that that is set. So Thursday's pod. If you want to hear Elliot's soccer picks, tune in for that. And look, you can bet on other stuff right now, too. I mean, golf's in full swing. Baseball's in full swing. You can bet on football futures. Look, now's the time, right? Like, this is – we have a feel. We know what all these teams are. We're seeing this play out. Like, bet on some over-under totals. Bet on who you think's going to win it all. You can get some good odds still. Like, I'll tell you, I know one I'm I'm looking at to win it all. I think think Buffalo's got a real shot this year. They're plus 1,200. Like, that's pretty good. You know, I I like that. I like those odds. So – um, and obviously, also, I yeah. lied. I did place two soccer bets. Want to come clean about that? That's why. That's I bet why, one they lost. plus twenty two hundred, and they lost five nothing. And then I bet what was the other game? Oh, I bet Arsenal against Chelsea, which was a dumb bet by me. I'm I a mean, little, I'm a little I, overboard with the underdogs. At I, this point. I could have told you not to make that bet, Elliot. I mean, come on, you could have. That's true. That's true. I could. What do you think I'm the Parks kidding. Casino odds would be on the Eagles winning practice on Wednesday? <laughs> Pretty high, man. Low, I should say. I think it's like they're like minus. I mean, considering the practice juggernaut that they have been, I mean, it's like (laughs) minus 350, minus 400. I mean, it's just. I was going to say that the odds on me saying they're winning practice have to be minus 550. (laughs) 
it's right? too good. I this three and zero practice tweet is is not gonna I might go put away. It on a shirt. If they go four and zero, I might make a four and zero in joint practice banner shirt. What do you say? Flags fly forever. Flags if they go four and zero, I'm building a banner. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That was that is the single worst use of flags fly forever and i'm so appreciative that you did it that was oh man. great it's work. gonna be a long year for me <laughs> it, it might be elliot it might be it might be yes. it might be but here's the thing even if the eagles aren't great this year then you can hop on the park sportsbook app and bet on all the other games and be invested and be excited because that's the beautiful thing about getting the app about betting on these games is you just have so much more invested in these games and this action. And, and also you can bet on individual player performances, which as the season starts is going to be a, a blast. Like who needs fantasy when you could just do it all in the parks app as far as I'm concerned. And of course you can do that with baseball now with home runs and, and golf and all that type of stuff. Anything and everything you could do it with the park sportsbook app. It's easy to use. It's fun. It's intuitive. And here's the deal. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of, again, up to $500. That risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, who else? What else stood out today? So the defense. Now, Quick Zach Wilson take. If you've listened to the pod, you know I'm not that big on Zach Wilson. I will say watching him live, like, I don't want to compare his arm to Michael Vick because that's a stretch, but I've watched a lot of quarterbacks over, you know, my years covering the Eagles, and the way the ball comes off his hand live is extremely impressive. Like, he's got and he's got a cannon for an arm. So we'll see what what that turns into. You know, the Jets are a complete mess. I think that's going to be tough for him. He is undersized, all those things. He has he has a very good arm. There's just no getting around that. So the, the Zach Wilson initial impression was a good one. But here's the problem Zach Wilson's going to run into. His offensive line is just atrocious. They have, if not the worst offensive line in the league. I mean, between them and the Jets, the two worst offensive lines in the whole league might be in upstate New Jersey. Like, just no offensive line protection going on for either of those teams. And so, yeah, so I don't think you can watch the Eagles against them and get, like, a great read about their defensive line. But the Eagles did what a good defensive line is supposed to do, and they just absolutely wrecked the Jets' entire plan. Like, the Jets were able to get... Nothing going against against the uh, Eagles defense. Like I mentioned, uh, there was two practice, two um, 11 on 11 full field drills at the end of practice. The first time the Jets went up, the Eagles like forced a fumble on the second play, ending that. And then the second time they went three and out and Zach Wilson was running for his life. So they, they just dominated. Javon Hargrave, Hargrave had sacks on back to back plays. Brandon Graham had a strip sack, which you just almost never see in a training camp practice. Like, I, I can't, I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen a quarterback stripped of the ball in practice, and I'm probably just guessing that I could come up with four more. This is like the first time I can actually remember wow. seeing it. So they were all over him all day, and it was what the Eagles had to be happy about was it was multiple players. Hargrave did was good. Graham was good. Um, Josh Sweat, of course, was in there. So it was just a dominant performance from the defensive line. Okay. Um, so look, I think I think coming out of this, whenever you know it's all done here, coming up after the the game on Friday, this preseason training camp time, I think the biggest like if you're if you're an Eagles fan who 
expects or even just hopes them to be good this year, I think the biggest thing you're latching onto is is the defense. You know, that has been yeah. the story of this training camp time, right? Is is wow, the defense looks a lot better than people expected. They are dominating every opportunity they get and all that type of stuff. How much of it is the fact that they're going up against Jalen Hurts in practice and they're going up against the New York Jets, they're going up against Cam Newton. How much of and, and again this is I'm asking you to, you know, you know, put a put a, a number on something that has no number. It's this is your interpretation of it. But if you had to weigh right. the competition they're facing from Jalen Hurts to the to the, you know, kind of subpar offenses they're facing with the Jets and the Pats versus the talent you've seen on display on the field and, and how they've done it, how would you kind of weigh those two things? So it's a tough question to answer just because I think that it's it's a combination of them. If I had to pick, I mean, look, the Eagles were third in the league in sacks last year. Like we know Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. We know that Brandon Graham, I know he's never had 10 sacks, like shout out Mad Mike, but he obviously is a guy that gets after the quarterback. Um, Josh sweated, you know, I think five and a half sacks last year. So they do have guys that can get after the quarterback. But I think the main difference is just Javon Hargrave is healthy. Like Javon Hargrave has kind of been in some ways their best defensive lineman. And just him being so dominant is making them look better because him and Fletcher Cox collapsing the pocket up to middle is just wrecking these quarterbacks. Like that's why Jalen Hurts is on the move so much. That's why Zach Wilson was running for his life. That's why Cam Newton had to hold on to it so long because it's impossible to get these short throws going because they're they're in they're in the face of the opposite of the opposing quarterback so quickly. So there's no denying that when the regular season starts, off- opposing offensive lines will game plan for this line. And Robert Sala, the, the Jets coach, said that today after practice, that part of the reason he thought the defensive line was so dominant is because they weren't they weren't game planning, right? So th- there is that component to it, but this is not a defensive line that struggled to sack the quarterback last year. I know there were, there were stretches of it, but overall, they had the third most sacks in the league. So I, I don't think it's fool's gold for sure, but your point is fair that who they're playing does play a role. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, again, and, and I do think that makes it really hard for us to judge. And, and look, it's always hard, right? I mean, how many times, and obviously probably never see four preseason season games again, but you know, I can remember at least you know six, seven times over my lifetime when a team went 4-0 in the preseason and sucked during the season. So um, yeah. it's hard to make those judgments, and I think it's even harder now with this this defense in particular. Look, it's it's easier to see, like like you said, with Jalen Hurts, right? You can see the inconsistency. You can see that you know, he's missing throws he should make or whatever, but with the defense, it really does come down to the offense executing against them. It's hard to tell, right? It's hard to say, is this more this defense is going to be awesome or is it more that they're not really going up against much and they're not really being game planned against? And and you know, I, I, it's a fascinating one because I'm the I'm hopeful about the defense and I do think the pieces are there for the defense to be much better. And and again, like we've talked about, I think I'm one of many. I know you are excited to see Jonathan Gannon and see what this guy does and how he goes about it. And, and there's a lot of hype. I mean, you have said yourself and. I feel like every other beat reporter I've heard to a man when they've talked about it has done the whole, yeah, this guy's a future head coach, let me tell you. Like, you know, because it it feels that way, right? It feels that way. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what he can do and what he can bring with this talented, theoretically talented group. Um, It's just hard to get a gauge on, on what's real and what's not in this time period, you know? Yeah, well, someone just quote tweeted my three and O tweet with a picture of the '96 Bulls. So, like, you know, ultimately, (laughs) ultimately, we know whoever you are, whoever you are, shout out, shout out to that. That was very clever, very clever. Yeah, yeah, it's good, Elliot. You're this is you. You need them to be good, man. 
You need them to be good. That tweet will come back to bite you if they're not good. If they're good, yeah, though, yeah. then if they're good, then you could do it the other way. You can like do the eyes, do the. I'm just saying, told you something. Well, like that. It's gonna be a, it's yeah, it's gonna be a, an interesting year for sure. But to your point about Gannon, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that they forced a fumble into practice today. Like you don't often see. I mean, players definitely fumble the ball in training camp. Miles Miles Sanders fumbled it, but that was an Eric Wilson. Um, this was not today, but Miles Sanders fumbled it earlier in camp, and Eric Wilson forced it out. Like. Jonathan Gannon is really emphasizing it. And this sounds like a silly thing, but it really is like I'd never thought about it this way. Like strip sack uh, or like forced fumble attempts, right? Like it's it's a, it's a weird way of looking at it, but I think it actually makes a ton of sense. And like how often are you actually trying to force the ball out? And if you emphasize it, if you say like, okay, you know, today today's practice we had 15 forced fumble attempts, right? Like if you get the players to think about it that way, you can see the benefit of it and how they would do it more and more. And today they had to force fumble. Now the question is, is that going to lead to missed tackles, right? Because if guys are so focused yeah. on getting the ball out, is it going to lead to missed tackles? And we'll find that out. But, you know, I was thinking about this while Gannon was talking today. Like you would almost take a missed tackle that turns into a big play if, you know, consistently punching at the ball creates a turnover. Because turnovers are huge. Like we saw that last year with the Eagles when the offense was turning it over three, four times a game. I mean, it just, it wrecks your whole team. It wrecks the game plan. It wrecks just everything. And so if the Eagles are able to, Eagles defense is able to force like two turnovers a game. I mean, they're, they're going to be really good. And I think that emphasis on it is, uh, is important, is important. And it seems to be paying off. I agree. And I'm interested in it because as you said, you don't, this is not something I've heard coaches harp on much and it does make a lot of sense. But I, I don't I don't think you can minimize the missed tackles part of it because, like, even if you're trying to force turnovers, if you're trying to slap the ball, like, in all honesty, how many times is that going to happen? Like you said, maybe once or twice a game at best, best-case scenario. Whereas if that's your ethos as a defense and you're going that way, like, there could be multiple big gains a game because you're trying to, to worry about getting the ball and, and likely not getting it. It is far more likely that you're going to make a tackle you go for than to knock the ball out. You know what I'm saying? So... Yes, I, I get sure. it, and I agree. I like the emphasis on it, but it, it it could be a slippery slope. It's just something they definitely need to focus on making sure they tackle, even if they're you know going for that as well. I think it's look, and there. I think you could do both. I don't think you can. You know, I, I think there is a world where they can try and force fumbles and still make the tackles, and that's what they're going for, obviously. So it is going to be fascinating. Um, what else? Anything else stand out from from Jets Eagles practice today? No, I'm just so ready for the season to get I here. You know I love training I camp. Know. You know I love preseason. But I'm just I'm ready to get answers to these questions. I'm just I'm I'm so ready to find out if this team is actually good. I'm excited to see if Jalen Hurts is actually good. I'm excited to see Sirianni. Is this team actually a complete mess? Like I'm I am ready to get those answers. And we won't get them in week one, I know that. But I'm just very ready to get start getting the answers. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. And, and- I've said this to you before, but I, I think it's the combination, too, of, like, this training camp period. It's like, all right, all right, I'm done with this. Let's go. Especially because, like, you know, there's still, like, two weeks after the the game on right. Friday. We still have another two weeks away without a preseason game, without the joint practices and all that, where it's just going to feel like forever, I think. Um, but also, just going back to what we've talked about a bunch of times, but where it's like this offseason felt like forever, too. You know, from from the time that game was tanked through now, you know, it's like 10,000 things have happened. Like so many different I things. I mean, again, Doug's gone, Carson's gone, all the leaks, all the stories, all the moves. Like, it's just, it really has felt like a really long time. 
And then when you think also you add in, I think, Elliot, that last season was so, so earmuffs. Shitty, so shitty last year, just Mm -hmm. across the board that it almost feels like it's been like two years since we had an Eagles season, you know, because it's like last year just sucked so much. We just want to, you know, forget it ever happened. So I'm with you, man. I Yeah. This has felt like a really long run up to a season. So I got actually something I just saw that in another time might have actually led the pod. Whoa! But, uh, so I'll, I'm going to throw, be throwing this at you blind, but I think it's definitely worth bringing up. Love it. Um, so according to an article from The Athletic, and this isn't like news or anything, but they pulled 33 general managers. Oh, sorry. They pulled 33 agents and asked them questions about the general managers. And one of the questions was, among GMs or front office leaders, who do you trust the least? James, do you want to guess who won this illustrious poll? <laughs> oh, I'm guessing Howie Roseman won it. Howie Roseman. And we got they got some quotes here. It says, he's always playing both sides at all times. He's not dishonest. He's a hedger. Always make sure he has a side deal. Howie will do what Howie needs to do. I say that with tremendous reverence, but I don't trust him. This is easy. He tells you one thing and does the opposite. You can tell him something and he says it stays with us, and then three or four people are hitting me up about what we discussed. It doesn't make him a bad guy, but there's no transparency. Why Howie? Because he's Howie. I would have said Bruce Allen, but he's gone. Oh my God. Not great. Uh, what? So no. You, yeah. So you, I'll let you respond to this because I think this is very in line yes, with yes. where I've been on Howie. I'm not surprised at all by these quotes. You know, that's kind of always been my thing with Howie. Um, but, you know, uh, how much does it matter? Too. You know, what? first of all, what is your take reading those quotes, what other agents are saying about Howie, and, and does it matter if they don't trust him? Yeah, I, I definitely think it matters. I mean, my thing with Howie, as we've debated this all offseason, has been, like, I, he's not perfect by any stretch, but, like, his resume is what it is. So that doesn't change my opinion that, you know, of the general managers in the league, he has one of the better resumes. That being said, like, there's no denying that, you know, like, agents don't trust him. Now, you know, it it's his job to a certain extent. Like you want to have good relationships with agents. Don't get me wrong, but it's also his job to, to present the best interest of the team. So I can see why like agents wouldn't love Howie, but yes, ultimately this is not a good thing. Like you do not want your general manager being voted as the most dishonest in the entire league. No, like clearly that's bad. Yeah, it's bad. And again, like these agents are the people he has to work with. These agents are the people he makes deals with. And to that point, like he was just talking about, like, you know, like, we always talk like a perfect example. Like these are the type of people where that's how you know that that Jared Goff is going one and Carson, you're going to get the guy you want it to. Like those types of things, like that, all that information that is comes behind the scenes is all part of this. And yeah, I think it's a really bad spot if people don't trust you. I think it's really bad. Like yeah, you know that that is something that could hurt this team. People might not want to work with him. People might. Um, try and pull one over on him, all this type of stuff, just because they don't trust him, you know? And I do think that's a concern. Yeah. So this is definitely what he is going for him is like the Eagles are viewed as one of the better franchises because of Lurie. Like it's a major city, like all those things. So ultimately, like I think players still sign here. The Eagles yeah, are willing to pay them. And it's but- the NFL. It's not the NBA. Like the NBA guys go where they want the NFL. They don't the NFL. Like they still go yeah, and- where there's opportunity to play, where there's, you know, a coaching staff they trust, this and that, whatever, all those types of things. But it, I, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think there's going to be a, a long list of, of people who didn't come here because of Howie. But it is concerning. Right. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is number two on the list is Bill Belichick, and number three is Joe Douglas, who— That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, like I, I would say obviously Belichick, extremely accomplished. Like you can debate the whole general manager part of it and all that, but like clearly the most. Not really. I mean, he's a general. Right he's now. a general manager. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, and then and then Joe Douglas is someone who I would bet to a man if you asked Eagles players who would you rather have Howie or Joe, they would pick Joe, right? Like right or wrong, I think they they would. So it's just interesting that, that the, the I top, think that's really second interesting. And the third guy. Yeah, I'm happy you mentioned that. The Belichick thing makes total sense, and but Belichick being too does show that you you know you can have a lot of success if people don't trust you. So you know it's okay. Uh, the Douglas yeah. one's interesting. I wouldn't, you know, that's not the impression we've gotten at, for, as a public of Joe Douglas, but clearly in the league they think that way. And maybe it's the association well, with that Howie, too. I mean, the, the Jamal Adams thing was ugly. There was that incident with the player who, like, remember, I don't remember the, his name, but he was a defensive lineman. He, like, hurt himself, and then he wouldn't get surgery. But, like, there was, oh, so that yeah, was, there yeah, was yeah, that yeah, ugliness. yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. You're right, you're right. Yeah, that's uh, that a rough go of it in New York. Yeah, that's an interesting list, though. I'm I'm intrigued to read that article and really dive into to more of the quotes and stuff. But look, not ideal, not ideal, no. Elliot. Not, not ideal at all. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, anything else? I think we hit everything for practice, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, as much as I started off saying that I don't do a good job booking hotels, I do love just being in a hotel room and like I put the AC all the way up, I get food. So I am excited to relax tonight and get ready to watch, dare I say, the historic attempt. Like are the are the Miami Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins or whatever, are they worried at the fact that Eagles <laughs> could go 4-0 tomorrow? Yes. I, I think they're 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 getting their champagne bottles ready to be able to pop them if the Eagles lose tomorrow. Yes. I think I just need to lean into it at this point. Yeah. Oh, it's a thing now. I agree. I, mean, I think you need a shirt. You know, you like I've never seen it. I've never seen a team go four and out in practices. Yes, this is now your thing. I think this has to be your thing. This is this is good. Yes, the shirt. Everyone needs a thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, buddy. You're right. Um, all right, uh, and we'll get more into the Howie stuff next time too, and kind of see if there are any. It'll be interesting to see if that catches hold. If that's the kind of thing where. People start talking about it and and what that ma- what that means and all that. So it'll be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, you have all my thoughts, um, oh, and I will wow. have more thoughts all after practice them. tomorrow. Ah, oh, can't wait. You have tomorrow. All my thoughts. The, yes, the, they're the all yours. Legend, <laughs> mine. A legendary <laughs> day tomorrow. The Eagles can't wait. Go for perfection. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> Please. It's it's yours. I will. You have my thoughts now. Uh, all right. We'll be back on Thursday. Parks Picks Pod Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. And, uh, and you know, we're here. And then we'll then we'll wait two yeah. weeks for the Eagles to play. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll Can't play, wait. We'll Can't wait. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. He's out James. We'll see you.